Before we jump into today's episode, let's talk about time and how 24 hours never seems to be enough to get everything done. As a church leader for a growing church, you eventually realize that you can't do everything on your own. Not well, anyway. Your job is to be the visionary, but instead you spend countless hours on tasks that could be done easily and arguably better by someone else. And that's where the powerful multiplying effects of delegation prove mission critical. Our friends at Belay, the incredible organization revolutionizing productivity with their virtual assistant, bookkeeping, and social media strategist services for growing churches, know the demand on church leaders all too well. In fact, their first client was a pastor, and they've continued to serve them every day for the last 10 years. Belay is offering a free download to all of our podcast listeners of their delegation worksheet and guide to help you determine what only you can do and what should be delegated so you can get back to what really matters, fulfilling your purpose. Just text LIFEWAY to 55123, that's L-I-F-E-W-A-Y, to 55123 for your free download. You're now one step closer to reclaiming precious time every week to do what only you can do. Now on to today's episode. LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the Group Answers Podcast, a weekly show designed to resource, train, and encourage small group leaders. Each episode considers current trends and resources, as well as timeless truths and methods of discipleship. It's hosted by Brian Daniel and Chris Surratt. Now, enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Group Answers Podcast. My name is Chris Surratt, and I am going to be your solo host for today. Normally, it's myself and Brian Daniel, but Brian couldn't make it for this one. So I said, I'll tell you what, we'll go ahead and we'll make it happen. But I've got to bring in somebody. I got to bring in a heavy hitter to be able to kind of sit in Brian's chair. So I invited my my buddy and longtime friend, guest of the show, Dr. Eddie Mosley. What's happening? Hello, hello. Glad to be here. Uh, I wonder what Brian chose over the opportunity to be with us today. It's got to be amazing. I mean, it, it, to choose not to spend you know some time with you and I, in the same room, it, he probably you know won the lottery, oh, or got a trip, free trip to Jamaica. I mean, it's that level. I yeah, would, I would it think it has to be pretty high level. Yeah, so we'll have to ask him when he comes back. But I'm glad, I'm glad you're in the room. How you been? Been doing well. Honored to be here and and a chance to hang out and talk about small group ministry. Uh, only two passions: baseball and small group ministry. So Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I like both of those. I have those two passions as well. So let's start with the first one because I, I, you're a Braves fan, right? I mean, that's kind of your, your, your thing. Yeah. So how are you feeling about the season? I feel really good. I do enjoy watching Freddie Freeman be the, the big show. Um, of course, you got Dansby out there at shortstop, old Nashville guy, come through Vanderbilt. So those are 
those are fun guys to watch. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a Braves hater, not a Braves fan, but my team, I'm wearing the hat today. It's the Cardinals, St. Louis Cardinals, and we're not having a good year. It's not a it's not a good season. So I, I kind of haven't been watching a whole lot because it just depresses me, to be honest with you. <laughs> I just don't. I went to a Rockies-Cardinals game when I was in Denver. got really excited. They played terrible. It's it's just not a good season. Uh, Braves usually do really well until uh, latter September, October. So yeah. it, don't, it don't get depressed yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like being a Cubs fan. Just wait till October. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's good. So baseball's fun, but let's talk let's talk small groups and discipleship. And actually, we got a question, Eddie, in from the uh, the socials. I know you do the socials, right? Um, the uh, the Instagrams, yeah. the Facebooks, the Twitters, the uh, the socials. And uh, so, actually, got a message in on Twitter, and they had a question about doing traditional Sunday school and community groups. So at, at this church, they're doing both. They have a, a Sunday school model, but they also have home groups. And right now they're asking everyone to go to both. So they're saying, go to Sunday school and go to community groups. And so what I would love to, to kind of start with, because I know where you're at, you're at Brentwood Baptist and you guys kind of have that model, right? You have a Sunday school and you have a, a home group model. We, we do offer both, um, but we do not expect you to go to both. That was going to be my question. Yeah. So what what's behind that decision? What What is the purpose of each one that you feel like they don't need to go to both? Well, most of us are going to inherit Sunday school. It's been around a long time. And so whatever church you go to um, or you're already in, you probably inherited some form of Sunday school for adults. Uh, and your influence on that is going to be limited. Don't fool yourself. Mm. Uh, a lot of those leaders um, have been teaching 15 years, 20 years. They've seen several ministers of education, small group pastors come through the the mix. Mm-hmm. And so they're pretty set. But understanding what the purpose is. Uh, for us, Sunday school was in the entire group system for many years. And so that was all you did was go to Sunday school, go to worship, <clears throat> among all the other vast ministries. So you started with just Sunday school. Right. Right. Okay. And so then, then as many churches have, added a small group element. Uh, my first two years in small group ministry, I was transitioning Sunday school to small groups. Uh, luckily, somebody helped me get out of that word and use the <laughs> word add instead of transition. Uh-huh. Um, but it goes back to purpose. And so our off-campus uh, group's purpose is to build relationships, to, to grow, care, and equip. Same purpose for the on-campus, but they do it in very much different experience. Um, there's more transparency in the off-campus groups. Mm. And so we ask people, which would you prefer to be on-campus or off-campus? And so obviously the for us, on-campus we've seen uh, is a very easy assimilation tool. Mm-hmm. But we are working with those leaders with the on-campus groups to break them down. We've got groups from 12 to 80 people attending on a Sunday morning. Right. And so the 80 is not very transparent in the environment of 80, but mm-hmm. they're, it's very um, it's a knowledge-based, uh, academic style, lecture. Teaching, yeah. Yeah, a lot of teaching, a lot of great teaching in depth. Um, teachers spend a lot of hours studying and preparing for that. Mm-hmm. But we have to get that care element in uh, and that equip. And so you have to break that down. So we subgroup. 
uh, pretty heavily in the in the uh, on-campus groups. We call them the Sunday school model. So if you have a large, let's say, 80 in a Sunday school class or in an on-campus group, do they all experience the teaching and then you subgroup down in for discussion? Or how, what does that look like? It, it varies. Uh, once every six weeks, we want them to break by gender hmm. uh, if they can in that room. Um, and that breaks the ice a little bit. Uh, they'll do on different tables for, for the women or the men, and or they'll do different sides of the room, but try to every six weeks, which is about the average sermon series. A lot of our groups are um, studying the sermon series. The curriculum is written by, what is that, Discipleship in Context. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Lifeway writers do that for us. Um, but then also getting off campus and having coffee or having a meeting during the week with two or three others. And so we're, we're working with the leaders, the teachers, to bring alongside a, a more of an administrative person to help do those subgroups. Okay. And, so if your uh, typical um, on-campus group is not getting kind of that transparency, um, and they're getting more knowledge, more teaching, why would it not be – uh, encouraged that they also join a small group. Do you feel like that's just too much for one person to do, or or you're really trying to build some transparency into those on-campus groups so they're getting all of that? Yeah. So so a friend of ours, Steve Gladen, talks about the Bible being written uh, on a family system, um, and he, he emphasizes that a lot. And and the older I've gotten, the more I understand it's not a, a government system. It's not an educational system. Sunday school is a wonderful educational system, mm-hmm. but the family system is you can only be transparent with so many people. Um, so if you look at a family, you're not part of uh, four or five families. Um, you're part of a family. And so you're on campus class, uh, Sunday school class. That's your family. Mm. And so you can get into a smaller group uh, on Thursday nights with people inside of that class. We do a lot of dinner clusters mm. uh, that helps break that down. But being in another separate small group um, just adds to the complexity, takes more time, right. builds more relationships. Uh, and we do want you serving at some point as well. Mm-hmm. So not all in study. So look at the question again. He he mentioned or, or did they, I don't know if he or she, mentioned what they're seeing, the benefits? I, th- I think what, what they said is they're seeing uh, – we encourage people to attend both, but I'm wondering if we're hurting ourselves by doing both. That uh, He has seen fruit from both um, that they may not have seen if it wasn't having the classroom and the living room. But I think it sounds like what a lot of churches – a run into when you're, you know, having a lot of things for people to be a part of, there's just only so many things. Right. And especially now with COVID and all of that, that if you're requiring them or not requiring, but asking people to go to something on campus, that's in addition to a service. And then you're encouraging them to go to something also off campus. So that's another time, another commitment, which is is not easy. Right. There were some stats uh, a few years back that the average person would give the church three hours a week. Yep. And uh, to me, that's institutional thinking. Now, they're giving the church three hours. I'd rather the church be part of their life. Now, I don't mean coming to the church every day and doing something, mm. but 
the the group I go to Sunday school with is the group that I meet on Tuesday nights. It's also the some of the, for them our kids play sports together, mm. and so it's part of your life. It's not giving three hours to a um, institutionally planned calendar. Yeah, and so if you can incorporate all the week with the same people. That's interesting because I, I hadn't really thought about that. So you could have the same people you're doing more of the knowledge piece with on a Sunday. But if you're also doing a home group with them, then you're getting that transparency piece and that more of that community piece. But it's the same group of people. That's right. interesting. And, and I think that home group element would need to be more organic organically planned yeah. uh, by those folks. But the leader of the Sunday school class or the administrator uh, needs to be emphasizing, get together this week with uh, two or three other couples in the group. Yeah. Well, let me ask this uh, with that idea, um, because Sunday school, the one of the benefits of a Sunday school model is like you talked about assimilation. It's easy to get somebody new into one of those classes. But if you have a, a class or on-campus group that's also meeting off-campus, that may be a little bit more difficult, right? Because if they're coming, if they're brand new and they go to the on-campus, getting them from that to the off-campus may not be easy. It may not. It would take a little bit of administration. Yeah. Um, and for those people, the uh, the story behind Two Rivers Baptist Church at one time was you can go to smaller churches where they have 50 to 100 people, and those are your friends. When you come to our larger church, you get to pick your friends. Same idea with a large Sunday school class. Mm. You can maneuver around in there for three or four Sundays and find out who you kind of mesh with and who's kind of got the same passions or the same hobbies, somebody you like to hang out with, and then get invited into their small group. That's interesting. Okay. So you could have smaller groups. Let's go back to the example of the class that's 80. So you could have really eight small groups formed out of that class that meet together as the big group, but also do small groups in homes. Um, that's an interesting model. I haven't thought about kind of using it that way or doing it that way. Um, should the expectations be different for an on-campus group from an off-campus group when you look at wins, outcomes, you know, should it just, is, is, is it a different beast? I think it's a different beast in how rapidly uh, they can move. If you remember um, um, Joe Myers, the Belong, Search yeah. to Belong book, the spaces, uh, we want all those spaces available to an individual. And uh, uh, an on-campus group of 80 um, may take longer to move into those more um, uh, personal spaces. Their public space probably is 80. Mm -hmm. and they're going to move to a personal space and an intimate space. It may take them longer to journey there than an off-campus group. But the goal of, of groups, whichever you're in, is for us is to grow, care, and equip. Mm. But we know spiritual growth, knowledge base, is going to happen more rapidly on campus. Right. You're getting a full 30, 40-minute lecture every week. Uh, and your attendance pattern is going to be more weekly mm. than an off-campus group. Um, your your spiritual growth in practice may grow rap more rapidly in a smaller group off-campus. Yeah. Because you're held accountable, you got to speak up maybe. Um, right, right. And you're going to find more projects to do uh, 
more conversation, mm-hmm. so you know more about each other. So h- how rapidly they move through those spaces uh, or practice those objectives. Maybe different. Different speeds. And they may come at it from different directions um, and go different spaces at different times um, because it's just because of the dynamics being different. Do you guys have any on-campus groups that function more like a, a at-home small group where it's more facilitation, not teaching, or is it pretty much all lecture-based? No, we, we have, um, and a lot of our newer classes are staying 10 to 12, 15 people, that even though they're meeting on campus. Uh, child care is one of those elements that enables that. That's kind of where I was going because uh, it feels like there are one of the one of the biggest advantages of doing on campus is that child care piece. And so if you have the space to allow groups to at least maybe start um, on campus, but function more as a smaller small group home group where it's more of a facilitated experience, it's not a lecture to a larger group of people, but it gives them the advantage of taking a, uh, you know, of using that childcare, then right, that may right. one direction to go. And, and that's a big factor. The, the, um, the, the people you have influence over are those that you've enlisted. So if you inherited seven Sunday school classes and the teacher had been teaching 20 years, the new groups you start, you'll have more influence over those leaders. And, and so, whether they start off campus or on campus, if you keep it small and help them understand the small group discussion facilitator style, yeah, uh, you can you can have great success with that. Yeah, um, we talked to Jared Musgrove, uh, I think his last episode, and what they've done at the Village Church is they have created. Now they went the opposite; they started with small groups, home groups. They call them home groups. And then they decided that the home groups were missing some of that knowledge piece, that they were doing life together, they were building community, but, you know, because of the structure of it, they they were missing some of that just Bible teaching. And so they added an on-campus um, portion, but they treat it more as like a seminary almost right. you know, introductory doctrinal classes that people take. What do you think about that model? If, if, you know, there's a lot of churches or leaders that are sitting out there and they've got small groups and they feel like, you know, we're missing that knowledge piece. Do you think that can work? It, it is. We, we call them focus studies, focus studies. Uh, okay. They're semester based um, six weeks or 12 weeks, um, maybe a Wednesday night or a Sunday night type idea, the old discipleship training. But we look at the new leaders that we've gotten for off-campus groups over the last year, six months or a year. So say we've gotten 10 new groups this year. Seven of those people seem to have a weakness in Old Testament. So we'll offer an Old Testament class inside the focus studies and encourage those seven leaders to go take that class among other congregants Mm -hmm. um, so that they're getting uh, trained and helped with the weakness area. Um, and so that's how we kind of help out with that. Okay. So you guys have Sunday school plus you have these focus groups that people can take. I think that that's, that's a great idea. It's almost a training without using the word training. Yeah. We don't use training anymore. No, right. That's no. scares people. <laughs> what was it? Uh, uh, what was the name of that way back in the day? Uh, gospel. No, I'm trying to remember what it's called. Anyways, so I, I love the old names of things and all the training stuff and, and all of that. I had some letters for them, BYPU. Yeah. 
that, uh, yeah. that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, let's bring back some of that. I think everything has a cycle. <laughs> and so let's, let's bring back the old school and Big stuff. bells are back by the way. So if, oh, you yeah? if you don't have any big bell jeans, you're, you're out of style already. <laughs> I, I I gave up a long time ago on trying to keep up with the style. So yeah, I'll just stick with uh, whatever was in in the mid-2000s. And uh, I'll just ride that train till I'm done. So, all right, well, that's good stuff. So ba- basically, your biggest advice, Eddie, would be uh, don't get rid of Sunday school. Uh, no, you can't. Um, it's been around a long time, and it's foundational to who um, many generations are. And there's benefits. Yeah, um, you got to keep the goal in mind, and the goal is not to replace Sunday school. The goal is to get people in biblical community. Yep, and it can uh, happen in a classroom. It can happen in a living room. Um, I think that the training is probably a little bit different for each, and the expectations are a little bit different about when they get to certain certain things like community, like you said, but they can function and, and both work well. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Group Answers. Thanks, Eddie, for dropping by and filling in for Brian. And uh, we'll see. We may not let Brian back. Yeah. I think we may have something here for the future and Brian may not be. No, Brian will be back. (laughs) But uh, thank you so much for listening. And we would love it if you subscribed. So you got it directly to your podcast app uh, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And it'd be great to get a five star rating. That actually helps get the word out about uh, group answers, especially uh, in the podcast, Apple podcast world. And if you have any uh, questions or thoughts, just like we went off on this one, please um, send them to us. You can hit up my Twitter at Chris Surratt. Uh, that's a great way to do that. Or uh, look at Brian Daniels Twitter either way. And we'd love to hear from you. And all right. So n- until next time, we'll see you then. <laughs>